Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. Welcome to episode 62. In this episode Andrew and Jason talk to Bryce again. This time he is allowed out of his cellar to talk about Piper from the Rat Catchers Guild. They talk about how he plays and how the guild works as a whole. Today's listener is Matt Knott. Hello, welcome to Good Out, a podcast with Jason in. Um, I'm Andrew. You're not going to tell everyone what guild you're playing, you normally do that bit. Oh yes, I'm playing Morticians and Obulus and Scalpel. And uh, I'm Jason, I'm very excited for two reasons tonight, Andrew. Why is that, Jason? Uh, Number one, tonight I am actually being played by the legendary actor Paul Hogan. And number two, we are joined by special guest, The Other Guy. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Who are you? I am, I am the other guy. The other guy. The other guy. I'm not Perkins. Again, this is, a, this is the second episode in a row with Bryce on. Quite um, exciting, Because the miracle of podcasting means last we did one recently with a lot of stuff on it. That was um, lots of Bryce and little Jason. Well, uh, little to know. It's always little, but, uh, yeah, it's always little Jason. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's short. Yes, well done, Andrew. I think everyone got the joke. (laughs) It's because I had little ill minions last week. You did, you did. Are they okay now? Yes, they're fine. They're asleep. Uh, They're very tired because I haven't been at work due to the snow because this is England and we can't cope with anything outside of 15 or 17 degrees. Um, So work hasn't been happening. So I've been at home in the garden making snowballs and snowmen. Um, But apparently one of the issues of working in construction, being a civil engineer, is that you want to engineer a snowman in a slightly different way to what a three-year-old does. (laughs) Did it make your kids wear hard hats and high visors? Absolutely. (laughs) And it turns out out, Agrax does work on snow. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Cost (laughs) us fortune. (laughs) No, 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 no. You only need a little bit because it 
dissipates through the snow very quickly. It's a beautiful effect. And before we start, um, is it, uh, this has been recorded on uh, March the 1st, where we've just had um, the end of our month for um, Patreon. So we've had, um, uh, we're now up to episode 18 uh, of bonus content. Well, I'll say that, 18 is releasing tonight. But by the time you hear this episode, it might be 19. Uh, who knows? Either way, um, we do a bonus um, podcast with even more material, because at least average. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. You haven't heard it. <laughs> You've got no idea. It, it could be amazing for you, you know. That's fair, actually. That's true. I should listen. Clearly, well, clearly it's not. Well, you can. Five dollars? <laughs> Five dollars, dude. Just like... Good value, isn't it? Exactly. Good value, he says. Exactly. That's what he says. That's, that's what he meant. That's what he meant. <laughs> Good value, that's says that. the man who has five dollars. Isn't even a point. It's not not even one point a month price. And for that, you can get access to all of our episodes, all of them. It's not even a bottle of Bucky. Not even, not a, even a bottle. Unfortunately, like. See, even Bryce wants to get involved in it now. Is that good? Even Bryce, <laughs> he, probably, he probably can't. Um, I don't think anyone from Steve Forge actually uh, patrons us today, unless they're in the false names. Ed threatened to, and he then we never... did it on the podcast once, and then didn't do it. That's because we never got him back again. I, I, I assume on high he said he couldn't do it because you know it was obviously you know bipartisan or something maybe. Well, yeah, because uh, this is Ed. I think it's much more likely he just forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, like, isn't it, really? or was lying in the first place. Like either of those are more likely. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably more accurate, yeah. Vastly more likely than just couldn't. So, subscribe to our bonus content. Um, it's so good. Even Steamforged don't know what's on it. <laughs> um, so top secret. I mean, we literally... for it now. Have I not done enough of these? Like, you really need more? Um, the single doubt. That'll do. Give them money, please, and I can stop doing these adverts. And maybe, just maybe, Jason will let me out of this farm tractor thing that he's got me locked up in in Norfolk. Please help! There we are. Um, and yeah, it's so good. It's the secret that Steamforge don't want you to know. I mean, to be fair, you should probably should all subscribe to it, Bryce, to check that we're not giving away anything that we shouldn't be giving away. Oh, Tell that's actually good say that. You guys could be getting up to anything on there. Exactly. Dude, if all it gets us an extra material. $10. Oh, wow. It's only $10 now. Wow. What a bargain. You'll need to get like two or three of you subscribing to go through all of the files quickly. So. Right. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. By the time that they've cottoned on to the fact, Andrew, that we literally know nothing about anything, now we'll be sipping margaritas on the beach. All the minor guilds, all ten of them on it, but Mate, that would be that would be impressive because we don't even have all ten of them yet. <laughs> well, yeah, we never said that. Uh, <laughs> we never said that our spoilers were factually correct. <laughs> 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 we just said they were spoilers. Like, <laughs> you can stop up, like. Well, that's it. When you get the actual cards, you'll see that we've spoiled it for you because they're not real and everything you've practiced is a myth. I like whenever we get the chance to advertise on a podcast, we always make it sound terrible. <laughs> I don't think it's just the advertising. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I advertise things. Like, I genuinely don't know. I'm really bad at job interviews because of that. If nothing else, at least we live in a country where the wildlife isn't trying to constantly kill us. Or the weather is, though. Well, only if you're old. Oh, controversial. Uh, um, just buy lots of tin food, it'll be fine. You know what? I know we're, we're digressing a lot, but uh, a little bit. Change. 
but uh, I was listening to the local news on the wireless and um, yesterday when the snow's come in and there's people phoning up the local radio saying, uh, oh yeah, I've been stuck in this traffic down, I won't bother naming the road because it won't mean anything, but it's a sort of old day road. Oh, I've been stuck in this traffic for however long now, but uh, I've brought warm blankets and food with me. I'm thinking, if you've prepared that well, thinking the weather's going to be that bad, why did you bother going out? Maybe they always have with them, and this is their one time to shine. It's been unnecessary for the last 18 years, but this yeah, one day... Finally, I can do it. This is oh, their wow. Ray Mears moment. Okay. <laughs> They've pulled over in the lay-by, and they're whittling away a three-piece sofa from a twig. You say you digressed <laughs> quite a bit, but um, the last time we had a, a big sort of tangent um, was with JJ about the Olympic... Um, skater yeah. and I got they got way more comments than they normally say yeah uh well you know i did i had a lot of uh as the youth like to say dms uh relating to that step that uh anecdote as provided by jd that's right anyway we are here to talk about rat catchers um yeah is, is that right yeah i mean Pi- I, that's that's what i was told yeah. I <laughs> piper and i believe piper's being released um before this drops um, yes. on the interwebs, otherwise Giblin will tell us off. Um, yeah. Or maybe he'll look sad, because to be honest, the punch was enough, really. I think um, if Giblin tells you off, he's not like the kind of, he's not the guy in the office who, he's not going to shout and scream at you. He's not going to lose his absolute and go ballistic. I can imagine that's probably more Perkins style. I reckon Giblin just looks at you, shakes his head in disappointment and walks off. And I reckon that's worse. Oh no, per- Perkins actually very like that, because Perkins is, Perkins is the most dad dad that ever dadded so yeah. he's never angry he's just disappointed that's it it's just like i'm not cross of you just disappoint yeah which is way worse actually exactly it? it's like that being spurned by the father you didn't know you had <laughs> so who is the who, who is the angriest person in the department is it you boys Sherwin. oh showing yeah sure you should see him like he looks all calm in public but like get him behind doors and like he I, he just screams like it's it's my, actually terrifying my money's Sherwin or Russ. <laughs> I was not get angry. Course, he's vegan. <laughs> the two calmest people in the entire company. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> in the world. Oh no, Charles yeah, Nelson. Also, I, don't think I've master. Heard, I don't think I've ever heard either of those two raise their voice. Like, <laughs> like they're they're just so chilled out. Like they they sort of give off a permanent aura that they just have a cup of tea at all times. Yep. Yep. So we're here to talk about, about Piper. Uh, we can't talk about or um, and so Piper, and we can talk a bit about the other players as well and how the guild works. Is that correct? Yes, yes, we can indeed. Um, so you're the person who knows the st- knows the things about stuff. Um, so why don't you start talking to us about um, general terms, what the captain does for the team, and then we can go into more depth from there. So Piper is um, he's a he's a very <laughs> what he does for the team. He's an odd model. Um, because he's very much, the, I mean, he's one of the ones that you can see that the rat catchers are very much the Mort's uh, minor guild because they, he's this weird model where he is a striker and he can get goals himself, but also he's a support model because he can make other people score goals, he can steal the enemy momentum. Um, he's got a ton of pushes, um, which is actually partially just something we wanted to do because generally strikers get dodges. And we were like, huh, let's see if we can make a striker model that has just pushes all over the joint. Um, so like he's got a double push on, a momentous double push on two on his playbook. Um, and a heroic and a legendary play, all of which 
the pushes as well. Um, and of course, he's got uh, a character trait that that gives jogs. So basically, he was he was actually kind of interesting conceptually because part of what we wanted to do with him was just make a striker that didn't have any dodges at all, uh, which he actually has one on column four, but that's about it. Um, but apart from that, he has a ton of uh, support abilities. Like he's one of the one of the key pieces that really turns the team on. Um, and I guess we'll we'll kind of get to how when we start talking about the specific abilities that he has uh and his playbook but yeah he's he's cool he can do work he can do work himself but he's not really going to beat someone up too hard by himself but also um he can score goals he can uh, enable the team to score goals which is really his his forte i think it's fair to say um should we get to guess guess? you think or not i mean no it's just i mean people can just guess yeah, we'll just go through the entire podcast, and then, and then at the end, we're like, "Well, I hope you've pieced all the clues together." <laughs> well, and the fact that you've already said that this is coming out after the cards out. Yeah. Oh, but where's the fun in that? True. We can assume that some people can't read. <laughs> Maybe they listen to our podcast for information about the game more than the Gilmore book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlikely. Yeah, I know. It's funny that. That's um, so here's him. He's six eight, attack five, uh, kick three six, defense five. He's a uh, influence four six. Playbook wise, it's got Meta's tackle on one hit. Yes. In fact, in fact it's got momentum at every level, hasn't he? Um, yes, he does. Yeah. On four hits, he's got a momentous double push, single dodge on one result. One result. Yep. Which is. Uh... What Skulk's got as well, isn't it? Skulk has a reverse. Skulk has a momentous single push, double dodge. Yeah, but yeah. it's not usual that we see... Well, it's the first time we've seen... Um, or this is the first guild, I should say, sorry. That we've seen uh, results, double results that aren't the same. Uh, same value. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's very interesting change in direction. It's just one of the things that... Partially, it's... Because you don't necessarily want to give someone a like double push, double dodge. Like yeah. you're like, that's a little bit too good, but we want them to have part of that. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's honestly when we were designing them, we just realised we hadn't done that before, and we were like, ah, this is cool. Let's see if this works. The only time I can think of previously where you guys have, in any shape or form, other than melee, had an odd or a movement that had an odd number is when didn't rages. Red Fury used to be three inches. It did used to be three, yeah. Back in back in season two, I think. Yeah, that was the only time that I can think of where there's been an odd number used. I always assumed it was just Perkins not being able to compute the odd value. <laughs> it's funny how it's funny how much like we as as people as humans, I guess, look for even numbers. Yeah. Because like there's times where we've written down like a model with like a, a two seven kick. And it always, by the end of playtest, becomes a, a six or an eight. Usually, mm. just it, it's it's an odd number, just because. Well, partially it's because we look for order and we look for even numbers, but partially because it's easier for people to remember. Yeah, uh, like it's an aid to learning if you know that kicks are always in uh, in divisions of two, basically. Uh, which isn't saying that we'll never do that in future, but it's it's something that we. It's just this other factor that we do have to bear in mind. But sometimes. Yeah. Like, like with the push, the, you know, the single push, double dodge, or the single dodge, double push. Sometimes it's just fun to kind of do something you haven't done before. Yeah, um, some of the rookies, um, not to go too far down that rabbit hole, but they had uh, odd yeah. stats. Yeah, that's because we got we had a, we had a lot more freedom. Yeah, 
Um, because obviously the rookies didn't have to be as balanced as, as a normal guild ball model does. And they yeah. don't have to be... We don't have to take into consideration all of the various things that we have to take into consideration when we're making a normal guild ball team. Because uh, the rookies, we could kind of just, to an extent, have fun with it. Um, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the interesting... Or, uh, is it interesting? I think the momentous attack on one is very significant for attack five striker. Yeah, yeah. That was something he had, I think, from his very first incarnation, had the moment to start one one because he was just he, he was always intended to be able to score goals and more than that, to, to get the ball off the enemy team. Yeah. Because uh, obviously he doesn't have to he's weird because he's a striker, but he doesn't necessarily score the goals himself a lot of the time, if you get me. Well you you could do some uh, very nice Setup. Well, we'll get onto his character plays, but with one of his character plays, if he goes in for one influence, gets that momentous tackle on one, spends his next influence to do a pass to model, then spends some influence to do a character play. Yes. Which we will get onto, and it's quite well, exciting now because his character plays are so important how it works. I'm trying to be mysterious, Andrew. It's a mysterious guild. How's I'm trying to, to build up to it as tension. <laughs> I'm being edgy. Edgy. Well, this is well, edgy. I'm excited. As as the youth like to say now, you're so extra. Don't pretend you know what the kids say. You can be saying anything at this point, though. You're like, as the youth like to say, and we're like, well, we can't call you out. We don't know. (laughs) You can be saying anything. So he's got two character plays, um, and one of them is kind of goal-focused, I guess, and one is kind of not. (laughs) Well, it's control. Like, his other one is control, which is, I think, if if we can describe the rat catchers as being... The morticians are a pure control team with which lean more towards takeouts than goals. Uh, the rat catchers certainly are a control team that lean more towards goals than takeouts. But he can st- he can so he has one sort of control ability, but it's it's a very odd kind of control. It's quite cool. It's not something we've really done before. Um, and the other one is obviously reverie. Which uh, do you know what? I'm just going to say the name because you know. All right, mystery, mystery mystery over bubble burst. <laughs> So the the first one, um, which is Reverie, which is cost three, range eight, once per turn, and target other friendly model can immediately make a sprint and a shot without spending influence, and that's a really enormous part of his toolkit. Like this is probably I don't know if it's the single biggest thing in his card, but it's one of the plays that like you will get a huge amount of use out of throughout the, throughout the game. Um, you know, in combination with his. I feel like his strength really is in that character play, and the stuff will come to on the back of his card. That, that to me, is where I feel like his. Uh, you're going to get the most work out of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Certainly, I, I think you can see as we talked about Reverie, it's very easily with that momentous tackle. He can go and tackle the ball, mm. pass the ball off to someone, and then immediately score. And the fun part is that that <laughs> can then activate. Yeah. So you can have, for instance, like Bonesaw. Active, go in with Reverie, score a goal, uh, get uh, oh, what's it called, football dervish uh, up, and then he can still be sitting there eight inches from the enemy goal with four influence, being like, okay, where are you putting the ball? Because I'm coming. You have one activation to deal with this threat, or I'm scoring another goal. So the thing that came up that I just want to clear um, clear before we move on from Reverie, because the question I had, and it did get uh, answered on the the stream. Yep. In case anyone didn't see that, is I was musing over whether or not Reverie, because it says uh, target other friendly model, they immediately make a sprint and a shot. But it's mm. 
they don't have to be in possession of the ball, do they? So you could no. just take the sprint. Yeah. So, for instance, when you kick with rat catchers, you can kick with one model and then reverie a second model up for a sprint. So you actually yeah. you can get quite a lot of pressure up the table, up the board, very early on. Or obviously, if you receive, like it's it's just. Even without the shot part, making another friendly model, making out of activation sprint with no yeah. restrictions on it is, uh, I mean, the applications are endless, right? The fact it's a sprint, not because uh, Midnight Offerings jog, isn't it? Yes. And so is uh, Puppet Master. Yes. I think this is actually the first time we've put in an ability that lets a friendly model make a sprint, unless I'm completely wrong about that. No, I think you're right, because even Get Over here is a dodge to their base move, isn't it? Yes, so it is. I think it's the first time where, uh, as you just said, uh, the sprint is the value that's used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really cool because obviously, like you can you can score a goal with it. You can even even if you can't score a goal, you can, for example, normally when the ball like you get that fun situation where like normally when the ball is on a model that has already activated, that's kind of you know where the ball is. The ball is almost mm. dead for a turn. And that is not true in this case. Like you can use it to run, like give it give the ball to a model and get them to run off away to the side out of threat, or even pull them back. Like if your opponent's setting up for a takeout on them, just be like, "Well, no, bye. I'm going to run away now." Um, and yeah, like there's just uh, or as we said, I talked about on turn one, you can use it to get pressure on the on the uh, pitch position, and it's just yeah, the, the applications are endless outside of just here's three influence, you score a goal, bang. I think it, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> got a bit of a cough there. Um, from the models that we've seen as well, they've not got, because you've got Bonesaw, we've got Piper who's 6'8", Pelage is 6'8". Yeah. Uh, so they've not actually got anyone who, if they kick off, can threaten your opponent's deployment line, but this gives you an opportunity to do that, unless, unless one of the other models that, looking at the images we've seen, don't look fast, are faster than they look. Uh, yeah, it's not really... a trap. You don't have to comment. <laughs> <laughs> they have, and we'll get to this on the the end of and the uh, on the back of his card actually. But yeah. they have ways of kind of forcing engagement as well. But yeah, they they don't have anyone. They have a lot. Of, I think they're all six eight or certainly the ones we've released. They're all six eight or five seven. Yeah. Um, and they have they actually as a guild have uh, a few ways of out of activation movement because obviously we've seen skulk with follow-up and lightning reflexes yeah, yeah, and true. Piper as well. So they can they can get the pressure up there. And like you can either you can you can also on the kicking model just use reverie and be like hi, hi yeah. guys. That's what I was thinking. Um if you were to kick with Bonesaw, uh he can then get right in there and start threatening the ball. Yeah. It's absolutely. just like you say, even if you need to <coughs> I don't know how often it come up, but even if um you you activate Skulk, you've got his abilities up, and then for whatever reason you need to change his positioning to maximise, like you just said, lightning reflexes and or uh, horrific odour and goal. Is Golrat's his other ability or is that his trait? Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, Golrat, he's got a uh, pest control where that's any it. models, any yeah, models that's the one. his melee zone suffer minus one, minus two kick. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. So if they put someone in snapshot range, yeah, you could then... Reverie, that's it. You could reverie them over to uh, engage that model's now not in snapshot range. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, as I say, like there's the obvious simple application of 
you go score a goal. But they're just giving a model an out of activation sprint is mm, powerful, phenomenal. Like uh, as we've just talked about, we've talked about what half a dozen uses, and that's just off the top of my head, you know. Mm. So his um, second ability is Pay the Piper, uh, which costs two, or it could be on uh, three hits on his playbook. Um, six inch aura, and whenever a model spends momentum in the aura, uh, your team gets one, which is pretty yes. good, especially given the quantity of probably clearing conditions on the do or you know disease control. Yeah, yeah. the pay the paper. Um, it's it's generally not bad because I mean it costs two if you don't have anything else to do with the influence. Throw it up, or as you say, you can trigger it on the playbook. You can also actually trigger it momentously with two damage on column five. Um, but. In general, it's never bad, but where it really shines is if you're running the disease lineup with Scourge and uh, Miasma, where, like, you so it forces the trick because suddenly your opponent to say clear knock clear knockdown on a model that's uh, on a model that they don't want to activate yet or has already activated. Instead of that costing two momentum, it's costing them three, and the rat catchers are gaining one. So it's like a two. It's suddenly it's a two momentum swing in the rat catchers' favor. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's phenomenal. Like he he can get used out of that just by standing in the middle of the pitch with it up and going right. Even you know the the rough ground that you don't normally think about. If you want to use gliding, that's fine. But the rat catcher is going to get momentum, and like healing becomes more difficult just every aspect of your opponent's game they have to start thinking about where and how they're spending momentum um and it's just yeah it's again it's it's another versatile play that can have a huge effect on the game even if your opponent never triggers it a bit like counter charge but not as impactful as counter charge can be but exactly it's, it's a big part of the rat catch i mean we've seen it with uh Pelage as well where there are choices that your opponent gets to make but like ideally you're okay with either choice they make. You know, either you control, either they can't spend momentum close to paper, or you're going to gain momentum from from their momentous actions. So, yeah, sure, do what you like, mate. I'm happy either way, you know. See, if I'm honest, I don't think that ability stops your opponent from doing anything, but what I think is nice about it is you're getting something for what they're doing. I mean, if I, yeah. I can't see many, if any, scenarios, I guess there'd be the rare one where maybe you haven't got in momentum and you've got the ball in it and you can't get it at the shot. Maybe then I wouldn't do it, but I, I think it's more just a, a bonus to the rat catchers player. Yeah. I think if I need to spend that momentum, I'm, I'm, I'm spending it. Yeah. When it, but, I guess uh, what it, sorry, Bob. I was going to say, I guess what it might do where you may see it actually having a, an effect on what your opponent does is more with bonus time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, that asks the question more. Of, do I really want to do this? I mean, if you're making a dodger for pass or healing or whatever, you you probably need to be doing that. But if you've got a bunch of attacks, you want bonus time quite a few of them. Exactly. That's yeah. when I think it may actually impact on your opponent's decision because the first time they go bonus time and you go point of momentum, then they're going to go, I'll not bother bonus timing my next five attacks. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. that's the time when I think perhaps it will have an actual effect on your opponent's play style. Um, yeah, I mean, there's that. There's also the other thing that it also makes the rat catchers very likely to get uh, to get initiative. Like yeah. they they are quite likely if you if you do as you as you say and just go, I'm just going to do what I need to do, yeah. and sure you're going to gain some momentum from it. That's fine, but giving the rat catchers like four free momentum over a turn probably means they're getting initiative next turn, mm. and that's it. Just all factors into 
it's it's not really hard control, but it's very much like, yeah, you can do what you want, but I'm going to gain from it. And that's it, fine. If you don't if you gain that trade, that's fine. It's super sweet ability. <coughs> it's beautifully unique. It ties in with uh, what the morticians are doing with momentum control, uh, with obulus or um, dirge. Has no pillage hasn't got. Has she got dark dotes? No, she hasn't. Has she? No, but she. Um, if oh, you, you don't. If you damage her, you can't generate. If you damage her with a playbook result, it can't That's generate it. MP. That's so yeah, it. it's the the MP sort of almost negation thing is a theme yeah. across this guild with pay the piper, pullage, and um, the disease condition is a huge part of that as well because yeah. you're just draining your opponent's momentum. Like what a miserable guild. <laughs> <laughs> Just stealing all the shinies from the opponent to put on their um, ragtag clothing. Yeah, it's the it's the what I think quite a lot of what they do is yeah you can do what you want but I'm going to benefit from it or you're not going to benefit as much as you want from it or or that kind of thing or it's going to be harder for you to do it you know. What you could, I suppose what else you could do with it would be probably quite effective is if you're playing into say a fish team. Well, mm-hmm. presume, preferably Shark, because I don't think it works for Corsair. But you could kick with him and just jam him in the middle of their team, put that up and be like, you can take all the momentous dodges you want. Yeah. I'm still going to be in a good position to win momentum. And then when you make, you finally make that dodge forwards, then um, I've got a load of momentum. And, uh, oh, sorry, make that move forwards. And then here's my friend Skulk. Yeah, yeah. And he's, Skulk is going to make your life difficult if you try and score. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Like, it's another one that it has a ton of, and this is a very, I would say, the Rat Catchers are a very deep guild, um, even though they're they're obviously only coming out with one box and then and then veteran graves and bone saw. There's a lot of options there, and more than options, like there's a lot of forcing your opponents to make decisions that they don't want to have to make, mm-hmm. and that's like we've seen it with the dilemma mechanic uh, on collage, and uh, Piper does have something similar. And that's just a really key, important part of how the rat, catch- rat catchers are supposed to play, is that you're forcing your opponent to make decisions. Hmm. Do, do we do we want to move on to this uh, dilemma mechanic? Is there anything we, else um, yeah, the you want to talk about the front of the card? Uh, yeah, flip, right, it, think... flip him over. I look at his card. Right, yeah. This isn't right. some sordid X-rated show, Andrew. Keep it above the belt. Turn the card over. Yes, thank you. And um, look at... So he's got a haunting melody, uh, age over that does things. Basically, yeah. he can pick one enemy model, and they can basically either jog towards him or he can jog towards them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, this is what this is actually how he uh, often gets goals himself because he's sitting there going, "Well, I'm within. I can walk up to within like six inches of your model sitting there with a the goal, and now either you have the choice if I can walk over there." take the ball and either score or pass it back or you can walk over to me and I can take the ball and pass it back and now also your player's in the middle of my team and Scourge is going to beat the hell out of you um, because of, like, I don't know I, I don't think it's, a, it's the opposing player who makes the choice Yes it is, Yeah. so you, you say you nominate Shark and then I would say either I move to you or you move to me yeah. And then if you don't like the decision they make, so they say so you don't want to go to them, you don't have to. You can choose to advance north, yes. I presume. Yeah. Yes, of course, yeah. You can always choose to jog zero. So yeah. so even then, if they make the choice, you don't... Yeah, you've still got an out. Yeah, 
Yeah, of course. Like, there's not, and, it, and because it's a trait, it's just completely free as well. So you can do, like, even if and even if that trait, all that does is you go, all right, I'm going to use Haunting Melody on this model and tap clock. Mm. And then you, even if all that does is burn, like, 30 seconds of your opponent's t- time every turn or a minute of your opponent's time, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it adds, it multiplies the decisions they're having to make all the time. Um, and that's, again, just as we were talking about earlier, like that, that's a big part of the rat catchers. Is this play, is, is this in any reason why uh, he hasn't got more dodges on his playbook? Or is that just, they're not really linked in any way? Imagine if being able to move a model or move towards a model and then dodge all around it, that's, uh, suddenly he becomes an incredibly mobile model. Yeah. Um, yeah, that he did. I think at one point in playtest he had more dodges. Um, or I think he had at least one dodge on his playbook and sort of lower down, but it just wasn't. Again, we wanted to try and make him about pushes and make him a really weird, unique striker model. Uh, mm. And Haunting Melody was the kind of the big thing on his card in that regard from like day one. Because you don't, if you're, if you're, if he uses Haunting Melody on a model with the ball, that's bad whatever happens, right? Like, there's there's no good outcome for your opponent because either you come over and he takes the ball off you or he comes over and takes the ball off you. And I think if he had a ton of dodges on top of that, it would probably have just been too good, basically. Uh, I'm going to assume that I'm right in this, but this won't trigger things like Gladness Mass, will it? Because it reads, choose a model within this order or not it's, target. It's, Yes, it's a trait, so it won't trigger gluttonous math. Same way that uh, uh, scalpels voodoo strings. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it just it just does an automatic push. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't target. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, because this is a trait as well, it's just completely free every turn. So. So talking of things that don't target, they just happen. He has a heroic play. Which is very good. Very good play indeed. Did, did you like yep. that segue? That was, that was a good segue. Radio, radio gold, mate. Radio gold. That's like Trevor McDonald levels of investigative journalism. Uh, investigative? I still can't say the word. It doesn't matter how many times <laughs> I try and say it. I can't do it. don't know why. It's not even that complicated a word. Hello, play. Uh, one momentum. Uh... <laughs> I thought you were advertising another podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the way you said yeah, that. Yeah, play. <laughs> Choose an enemy model within four of this model, it can serve a two-inch push. So we can get around sort of um, a movement card and that sort of thing. Yeah. Easily. Uh, if, nice. if, if Grayscales has got the ball and you can just walk up to three inches away from him and then push him towards you and then take the ball off and we were momentous tackle on one. Um, That's great. So he's or, got one-inch reach. Three pounds, yes. Yeah, it's enormous. Um, or obviously, again, this is one of those rules like Reverie that is, there are some very obvious applications of it. But there are so so many applications. Like it, like almost like you can pull an enemy model in. You can push them out of their th- out of your threat out of their threat range of, of something that you care about in your team. You can you know there's a there's a there's a lot of different applications of just being able to do an automatic two inch push from four inches away that that doesn't target it doesn't trigger um, as we said gluttonous mass or unpredictable or, or, or anything like just. Controlling where your opponent's models are is really good, as it turns out. You know, yeah, you can use it to like block a counter charge lane or something. Like, there's there's a lot you can do with that heroic. Oh, so many things. Uh, move tenderizer away from the goal. Uh, yes, exactly. All all manner of things. Break up. Uh, say, um, um, oh come on, brain. Um, 
an assessed model. Yeah, I was thinking like Bushel, Bushel and Harrow, if you've got that kind of uh, protected or Friday, who's near Spigot. Yeah. All of a sudden, that 5 1 model is now a 4 1 model. Yeah. Or if you're, like, as I just said, like if your opponent walks marbles into a model and you know Mm. there's going to come in and kill them next turn, you're like, bye, marbles. Mm. Bye. Yeah, without having to risk love creatures while through accident damaging them. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, uh, again, it's one of those abilities that we've come up with, what, half a dozen off the top of our heads, but there are dozens. And because we actually have paid a piper, quite often won't can can afford to spend the momentum as well. Like it's it's not because you know how there's some heroic plays where you're like, I want to do this, but it, it it's like there are situations where the momentum is like a hit. You don't want to have to spend it, but you you, mm. you have to. The rat catchers don't really have that problem uh, with pay the piper and with disease draining the enemy's momentum. They can quite often afford it's not free obviously, but it's one momentum for them isn't the same as one momentum for another guild, if you get me. Yeah, no, it seems, let's say, from uh, the reasons that we've already discussed, their momentum control is a really interesting mechanic in their guild that I, um, I hadn't really considered in, as in-depth as we've discussed it previously. Yeah, like it, it's it's something that, again, and you'll see this more when they come out, but a lot of what the rat catchers do is it, you kind of have to play them. Um, like a lot of its situations on the table that will come up and go. But yeah, no, um, a lot of their stuff is is stuff that you get on the table and on the pitch and you go, okay, actually, hold on. In this situation, I can do this. That's really cool. And a lot of it is, they're very, as, as I've said, they're a very deep guild and there's a lot of like situational play that you will learn to make the most use out of as you play them. And every single game I think you play, you will almost unlock deeper level like like when you first play like obulus right first time you play him you're you're all right he's pretty good but every single time you play him after that you start seeing more and more ways in which you can use his abilities to influence the game and the rat catchers are that to a t like they definitely benefit from a few games to kind of get get a real feel for them and start seeing and unlocking all of the different ways their abilities can be used just just to get good yeah yeah just to get good so I guess the thing matrix. now is his uh, legendary, which is yep. uh, it's very similar to the one from the blacksmith, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, of, on Anvil. Um, it's similar to his uh, World of Iron Top character play. Um, so basically, H pulse, uh, choose friendly or enemy goalposts, models within sort of a twinge push towards it. Yep. Again, there's lots of, different, lots of different uses to that one, isn't it? A lot. Yep, and because again, you can choose to push a model up to, you can choose to push a, push a model zero. So you have a, a ton of control over where the enemy team and your team ends up. Like, um, and it just, yeah, it, it comes into again the rack catcher's thing of I'm just going to mess with you. Like, you can't set up knowing that every, everything's going to be where it is because I can come in and just completely shift the game and where everyone's standing and like if even if all you use it for is like you know you can use your you can use that to push piper himself uh two inches forward and then heroic and then heroically to push the enemy model two inches towards you so even if you're five even if you're five inches away from them at the end of your jog suddenly you're melee with them yeah a huge it's a huge part of their gameplay is that it will i i would guess that like you, you can pick them up and do well with them, but definitely, like if you play two or three games, you'll start to really get into what they do and how they play, and just the options that they have available. 
despite, as I say, only coming as a box of six models initially, like I'm actually really, really proud, really, really proud, really, really happy of how deep and how many options they have um, for only coming with this first initial box of six. Like, so how do how do that Graves and Bonesaw fit into that sort of team? So Bonesaw obviously is the the model that you can be like you're going to score a goal and then still have four influence and can activate and go and threat immediately threaten another goal. Um, which I think I think that happened in the stream. Or I don't think it was Bonesaw. No, he hasn't played Bonesaw yet. They, 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 he play in the first one, it was just pure rat catchers. Yeah. And he's talking about like the, is it is it this Thursday or next Thursday? I can't remember which one it is. Um, when they redo it with the game plans, uh, yes, what I people want to see. And I think a lot of people want to see the... Uh, mortician players or the crossover players however you want to call them yeah uh yeah like so yeah i can't remember who he did it with last time but obviously bonesaw is really good for that because he's the most oh. threatening model to just go and score just score you know score a goal with reverie and then immediately go and score another goal um and obviously unpredict uh what's it called uh unexpected arrival is just more push you around nonsense they're a bully guild. They're all just bullies. They are. They're big meanies, really. Um, and Vet Graves fits in uh, due to well, he's got a knockdown, uh, which knockdown is really valuable for the rat catchers because your opponent then generally has to spend the momentum to clear that. And if they're diseased, that's a minimum of two momentum just to clear a knockdown, effectively. So it's worth noting that. Uh, well, we did mention the play, but then I mean, Piper's got a knockdown. Yeah, it's like right at the top of this point. Right. Same as skull. Yep. And then is uh, scourge is the other guy we've seen. His is much more reliable, though, isn't it? Isn't his like yeah. third column or it's, second column? Yeah, it's on his third column, and he's tax seven. So it's pretty good. So it's not an ability that they've got an abundance of access to that we've seen so far. So yeah, I'm guessing it's so, because it's so value. It's so backbreaking. Yes. Yeah. It's. If they had, if they'd had more knockdown, it would have been. If they crap. had gassed. Oh, I for me. If he was uh-huh. the crossover player. <laughs> um, actually, the other point is worth mentioning about Vet Graves is Grave Digger, yeah. uh, because Grave Digger is obviously fantastic, but you can combine it with Snack Break on Scourge for a four VP takeout. Very nice. It's yeah. very nice. I mean. I like the fact that now not only are we stealing the Australians' um, silly music that they use for segues, we're even stealing the tips that they point out <laughs> in their podcast. That's how shameless oh. we've become. Future episodes are really going to be us having their having their episodes be recorded and played <laughs> through our feed. <laughs> like, it saves a lot of time. What is unfair about it is the fact that they're in the future, so they're always going to be ahead of us. How are we supposed to co- co- compete? Yeah, is it? The Aussies are time wizards. We can't beat them. Exactly. It's grave, grave, grave digs an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think um, I don't know whether this is true, but I think the chances of getting a snack break and grave digger off on someone feels a little unlikely to me. But um, even even no. having one even having one VP one VP bonus makes mascot kills that <clears throat> were viable as well and stuff. Yeah, yeah maybe, I mean, but see, if it happens, if it happens, how big a swing is that in the game? Right? Big, yeah. um, the other thing to point out is that they do have a ton of. I mean, we've just talked about paper. He has a lot of pushes and, and moving, like he's got a double push on two on his playbook and then Haunting Melody and Distracting, Haunting Melody, his heroic and his legendary can all move enemy models. So actually like he can it's set up, yeah, like he can set stuff up better. Like again, this is what we're talking about. 
he can switch stuff up a lot better on the pitch than it maybe looks like the guild can initially, if you get me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's you say like how likely is it, but if they if their if their model's activate has already activated, or if you could do a top and tail activation, I know obviously those abilities don't cross over, but I think I think you'll be surprised at how often that comes off because Gravedigger is because Snackbreak is if One this hit. model t- gets the takeout, whereas Gravedigger is uh, you can target a model. Best I can't remember the range. Yeah. Is it like four four inches or six? I think it's six uh, inches, isn't it? I will tell you in one second. So uh, range six, yeah. So that mascot's worth three VP. I mean, yeah. I know we're talking about mascots, but or, say uh, or the other thing, Siren. the other thing is if you get a if you get a stack break takeout and then later in the turn you can get a yeah. great bigger takeout, that's six VPs. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the same model. I yeah, mean, like exactly. the full VP model is the dream. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, yeah. If if you get to do sort of as the as the Americans say, magical Christmas land, mm. the four VP, which I, I actually don't think is magical Christmas land. It's just Christmas land. It's not that unlikely. <laughs> no. Um, but you don't need to like. I think focusing that on that as a trap and trying to get that as a trap. What you actually want to be doing is looking at can I get a three VP takeout this turn and a yeah. three VP takeout next turn, which I think is the much kind of the much yeah. more reliable play because it's. When it's coming from two sources and one of them is something you put on an enemy model, that's really hard to stop. Or at least it can be very much depending on board state. Like Also, if you're playing uh, the attritional game, with all those conditions, like because uh, Graves brings bleed um, and all the chip damage and the yeah. disease is doing damage. So uh, a disease bleeding model is taking four damage. Like Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not insignificant amounts of damage that no, if the game goes to like turn three, maybe you're gonna find there's gonna be a few targets who aren't the happiest people on the pitch. Yeah, they're not looking too healthy. So also, also remember, Vet Graves is another two-inch melee zone. Yeah, which is never a bad thing. And uh, pretty, pretty tanky. Like him and uh, him and Scourge in the middle, they're not they're not gonna be too easy to shift. I mean. Yeah. So how, many, how, many, how, many, how many twinges can they field at once then? They can field uh, Vet Graves, um, yep. Scourge. And Scourge. They're the only ones we know at the moment, aren't they? Yep. There may be more. Who knows? <laughs> there also <laughs> may not be more. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like kind of a, a Giblin esque comment of either, either there is or there isn't. Yeah, it's it's the odds are fifty fifty, right? Yeah, like, like, I don't think they have more two inch melee or people. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to stick my journalistic neck out and say the mascot hasn't got a two inch melee. It hasn't. I'm guess I'm going to stick my neck out and say I don't believe he will. You're going to be so upset when you find out he's got a four inch melee. He's right? got extended reach. <laughs> he's, got extended, <laughs> he's got extended reach three times. <laughs> Is that like a yeah? That was. Andrews uh, once made a suggestion about Chisel having uh, gaining an inch of reach for every point of health she loses. Fair <laughs> balance, mate. Fair balance. Fair yeah, balance. Then you start playing morticians, so who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess the skill then, I mean, you can get guilds, uh, goals relatively easily, so what sort of 2-2 sort of, two, sort of way to win, you think? Uh, yeah, they, they certainly have, I mean, 2-2 two, two or even 2-1 uh, or some combination thereof because obviously you've, you've got the VP, options yeah. for two additional VP gains. Um, yeah, like tons. I'd say 2 2 is, is where their playstyle is aimed at, but they do have the option for three goals um, and they can do one goal and then an amount of takeouts. 
uh, obviously depending on how your v- how your extra VPs go, it might be three, it might be four takeouts. Like um, hell, it could even be two if you get the the Christmas land two four VP takeouts. Ah, uh, I really hope now someone wins a game with rat catchers by three four VP takeouts. That would be amazing. So I say it. <laughs> Almost too easy. Yeah, that's playing on hard mode. That'd be, that'd be a proper challenge. <laughs> I think they look. They they certainly look very interesting. Like uh, they've definitely got their own flavour. But I I think they. I know we've probably sort of hinted and gone around this already, but they do. They definitely do feel like it makes me excited for the other minor guilds as and when they come. Like because the, the flavour of them matches the guild they link to. Yeah, but they yeah. they're still very much got their own identity. So we know uh, from spoilers that the Falconers are coming at some point, right? So yeah. that makes me very excited for how they're going to play. Uh, the similarities, like what will they have that the the hunters have, um, and what will the hunters gain from them? So one thing I did think about about these minor girls, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this, but have we we we've revealed well we know which models the hunters the not sorry, the other way around, the the uh falconers are getting from the hunters, don't we? Was that spoiled? Or have yeah, I it has spoiled. been, yeah, the the, the 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 um the um the, the launch party pack will show wasn't on the internet, wasn't it? Oh yeah, so yeah, it's flesh repairing and egret. Some of the these packs sound great. The one that the one that was mentioned on, on that other podcast with the Falconers Guild where everyone gets fly. Well, because they were talking about the rat catchers one, and then Perkins decided that he was really excited about the falconers one. So. He was giddy with with, uh, and he said that because the rat catchers one's got all the sewers, yes. so you can teleport here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And then they asked about the falconers one, and he went, "No, I can't tell you." And then he went, "Ah, oh, no, I'm going to tell you." <laughs> well, something to that effect because he was so excited. He's basically all the models gain fly, yeah. and they there's no, no heart and glows or anything. Yeah. What is it? It may or may not resemble, resemble uh, another sport that's played by people who may or may not use broomsticks. Uh, they certainly all get fly, and yeah. you don't get, there's no parting blows, which just is a really silly variant of the game, but it's quite fun. Um, that's, actually, that's actually something that is genuinely quite fun, is thinking up weird concepts for launch events, because... Obviously, you kind of—it's not intended. Much like the rookie cards we were talking about earlier, it's not intended to be as balanced as as a, as a normal game of guild ball, as it were. No. So you can kind of just have fun with it. And how how are you finding the feedback on the? I mean, I don't know if you personally get much to do with it, but is are the launch kits being well received? Are they doing well? Uh, yeah, they're they're doing well. Um, we don't actually see. A, I've not actually seen a ton of feedback online or anything, but uh, certainly, like they, I know they sell pretty well, so that's that's good. Who, who cares after that fact? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as it leaves the warehouse, we don't care. Like, so, have we sold out yet? Cool. <laughs> right, I think we're about done, aren't we, for rat catchers? Um, yeah. uh, I think we've got quite pumping many spoilers. We'll get, we'll get a bit, bit, um, bit worried, and then Giblin will find us and hunt us down, and yeah. then just shake his head. I'd be disappointed. I would yeah. have to live with the shame of knowing we've disappointed. Oh, I imagine Gibbon getting get really just, angry though. I bet his eyes can be soul. No, but like he just he looks at you with the eyes and then takes the eyes away and just looks down at the ground and you're like, oh god, this is heartbreaking. Like, just show me more eyes. That's all right. I want. So I push all of a sudden, I remember what it was like to be twelve again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, thank you for your time, uh, Bryce, and talking about um, 
uh, Rat Catchers and, and Piper. Um, Thank you. And that's basically Absolutely. it. Um, I think. Oh yeah, um, one thing. Um, so how how they how do you find them sort of playing eight to a guild rather than sort of ten in terms of like selection? Do you think this would be an issue for them at all? Or um, not overly. Um, certainly, like we because we've had that in mind from from day one almost. Um, it, it, I mean, your selection is easier, obviously, because you've only got one cap and one mascot. But it's and then it's it's a little bit simpler, I think, for for people if they're looking to pick up a new guild, actually, because you don't need to worry about like which other you know uh, eight models you're bringing. You just need to worry about the 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 eight the the six that you can bring in the four that you can play in each game. Um, so it has a little bit of that aspect of like, yeah, just bring all your toys and play what you want on the day, which is cool. Um, and certainly like we, we are looking, we've done, we're looking at how to make the minor guilds or have done things to make the minor guilds competitive. Um, like we've, we've certainly remembered that from day one. Um, and I, I think I, I'm at the edge. I'm struggling to think what I can actually say at this point. But yeah, no. So probably nothing. Probably just step away from it. Yeah, step away. In I would worry about that. Basically, I understand. <laughs> a nod is as good as a wink to a blind man. Yes. What he's saying is they can win games on ten VP. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you Excellent. all heard it. That's what he said. When. <laughs> Sure, yeah, if that's what you want to take away from this conversation. <laughs> whatever whatever makes you happy, quite frankly. Honestly, Bryce, we make most of this up anyway. I I'm, I really wouldn't worry. Right. <laughs> the three people who listen to this. Where, where would you release them? <laughs> yeah, we, this is it. We don't actually have a podcast. We just wear t shirts at, uh, um, at tournaments because we want to be somebody. Yeah, one day we'll be. One day. Right, um, thank you. Uh, follow my Twitter account <laughs> at. Um, Single underscore out GB. Uh, follow Jason somewhere. <laughs> Don't follow me because I've got several restraining orders and people already. And just buy your Twitter. I'm not sure. Do you? Uh, I I do, but it's not a it's not really a work account. So it's my personal account, so I won't. So don't follow Bryce. You'll find it weird. Don't follow. Yeah, don't follow me. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thanks, Bryce. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Lovely. Bye.